Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. I love the theme of Advent this year. It's a word you're going to see all around us, and it's called wonder. And it's one I hope we spend some time thinking about and all throughout the season thinking about the wonder that happens in our lives. Because that word kind of captures the excitement and spirit that we should have with Christmas. And I think it's a word that we need in times of uncertainty and fear. We need a big old dose of wonder. In fact, that was interesting. I was reading an article by a psychologist and Harvard professor who wrote an article, and I, I was just looking at it, and he did exhaustive research on people that ex- had experienced awe and wonder in their lives, and he talked about the difference that it made. And he discovered that people who had experienced moments of awe and wonder in their lives, they were more inspired. Uh, in their lives, they were more kind of energetic and enthusiastic about life. And they were able to look at things that were big and vast that they could not understand. And in trying to get to come to the grips that they couldn't really understand it, it changed their outlook on life. Now listen, I love the way that he wrote it. Listen to what he said. Cultivating experiences of wonder and awe is especially important and helpful now as we renew our energy and make plans for a more hopeful future. That's because beyond physical effects like tingling and goosebumps and a lowered heart rate under stress, wonder also affects us emotionally. One experimental group, when asked to draw pictures of themselves, literally drew themselves smaller in size after having an awe and wonder experience. Such an effect has been termed unselfing. I like that, Todd, unselfing. Dr. Nina, I think that's got possibilities. Unselfing. This shift has big benefits. As you tap into something larger and your sense of self shrinks, so too do, do your mental chatter and your worries. At the same time, our desire to connect with and help others increases. People who experience wonder also report higher levels of overall life satisfaction and well-being. And as I was reading that article and about how important wonder is in our lives, I was thinking about that Broadway musical and the song Auntie Mame saying to us in that wonderful line, we need a little Christmas right this very minute because Christmas brings wonder in in a more beautiful way maybe than anything else because wonder is all around us. The question is, are we tuned in that we personally experience it? So that's really the lesson of today. We're talking about how do you and I tune in to the wonder of Christmas all around us? Now I have to be honest with you, when we talk about tuning in, I preach to myself more than anybody else. All my life, not just in my more seasoned years that I have entered, I've been an absent-minded professor. I'm kind of a person that gets lost in my thoughts. I get big, I'm Todd's amen in too much. I get big picture ideas. I get way out there in space, and I miss things right in front of me that I don't see, see because I'm not, my wife Debbie would say amen with Todd. And this is a challenge, and I saw this in a, a, just a reminder on this past Monday. 
If you remember past Monday, Sunday night and Monday, we had a magnificent full moon in November. So we were driving to the church and the full moon was up and it was magnificent and we got out. Pastor Todd kept talking about the full moon and how amazing that it was. And then he educated me. I did not know, and I don't know if you know, the November full moon is known as the beaver moon. And as we walked to the church, he explained to me why the November full moon is a time assigned to the beavers to finish preparing their lodges, storing up their food to get ready for winter. Literally, the beaver moon, the full moon in November is like a two-minute warning to beavers (laughs) saying, get ready, winter's coming, it's almost here, are you prepared? And so we were talking about that, and I was so fascinated, and I was learning this lesson for nature that I love, animal stories like that. And we were entering the building, and Todd asked the question that he hadn't asked. Did you see the full moon? I said, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice. I wasn't paying any attention. I realized I was lost in my head. I was thinking about my lesson. I was thinking about the schedule for the day. I was thinking about the schedule for the week. And here was this amazing moment of awe and wonder right in front of me. And I missed it because I was not tuned in. And I think that lesson is one that's going on in our scripture passage for today that we need to be aware of. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 2. And let's look at verses 8 through 15. Luke 2, 8 through 15. Let's hear the word of the Lord. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. When we travel to the Holy Land, we go to the site of this scene. It's known as Shepherd's Field. And I'll be honest with you, it's an amazing place. One of my favorites that we see in all the Holy Land, because literally the wonder of the angels singing is still there. There is something powerful, even in the soul, about that place. And there's something really interesting when you're there on that hillside. It's almost like the sky and earth touch in a unique way in my mind could just imagine the heavens filled with those angels singing and praising God because Jesus was born. But there's something else that you notice that literally right down a little valley and up a hill is Jerusalem. You can see Jerusalem so clearly as we would say in North Louisiana, it's just a hop, skip and a jump from where the shepherds were singing to Jerusalem, which meant when they were singing, there were a lot of people, thousands, tens of thousands of people who were there who were not tuned in. Think about it. This was one of the most dramatic, pivotal moments in world history. This was the moment that Israel had been praying for and longing for and dreaming of, that God's plan for the world was unfolding in their midst. 
And only the shepherds saw and responded. I love verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And we read this scripture and the question just bubbles up. Are we tuned in? Am I tuned in? Because the angels are still singing the wonder of the Lord, the glory of the Lord is all around us. But do we experience? How do we stay tuned in to wonder? Well, one of the things I suggest is we need to spend some time around little children. We need to watch them. We need to look at them. We need to notice the excitement and the joy they have. And we need to recapture that wonder. That's why I love at Weiss Chapel. We begin this whole Christmas season with our Christmas festival where families and children come for wonderful activities and fun and to tell the story. And there's so much happiness and joy and goodwill around. It's really an amazing night, but I love how we end it with fireworks. And as we have the fireworks, it's just amazing to look at the children and to look at them respond. This is from Wednesday night. For those that weren't here, these are just some of the looks on the faces, the smiles, the joy, the wonder, the excitement. Literally, it really is just an amazingly special time. And it's one of my favorite moments of the year because one of the things I get to do is sit in a rocking chair and read the Christmas story. And then I turn the rocking chair around as we watch the fireworks and I hear the children respond, the joy and the excitement and the wonder. And there's so much love in that place. Literally every year I have tears of joy and excitement that brings Christmas alive. And every year I have the same prayer that bubbles up deep inside of me and it just comes out. I don't even think about it or plan it. Every year my prayer in that moment is, Lord, we give the best that we have to you. It's what wonder does for us. It reminds us of what's important. It reminds us to get in touch with the holy. And my friends, it's all around us. Let's not miss it. And you're right. It is all around us. Not, not just at this time of the year, but especially this time of year. It's, it's all around us, this, this wonder. In fact, uh, over the, the past couple of days, I've, I've gotten, I don't know, I've, I've gotten kind of nostalgic over the past couple of days. And I don't, I don't know why, honestly, I don't know why, but over the past couple of days, I've been watching our old videos, our old family videos. And actually it began, it started whenever we were in Africa. Uh, I got a little homesick when we were over in Kenya. And so one night I got out my, my laptop and I just started watching our old movies, our old movies of, of the boys. And I went deep down that rabbit hole. And, and then I got to, to our Christmas videos and, and there was just something, something magical about them. Watching the boys open up their, their Christmas gifts. Watching the boys sing in the, in the, in the children's choirs at, at Christmas Eve. 
Caleb just frozen there and, and, and bell ringing paralysis and, and, and Ford just belting it out with his sock puppet donkey in hand. The, the, the memories, the memories, but, but Christmas is different now. It's different, but, but not necessarily diminished, it's different. And as I've been thinking about it, as I've been thinking about the, the difference, I've come to determine that it has nothing to do with all the extra stuff of Christmas. It has nothing to do with the presents or the parties or the traditions or the tree. It's all still there. It's all still the same. It's the wonder. It's that simple, innocent, childlike wonder. It's that unchecked sense of joy, that, that excitement. That's, that's what's different. That's, that's what's missing, that sense of anticipation. That thing that wakes a kid up at five o'clock in the morning and sends them running downstairs. That's, that's what it is that, that seems to be what it is that we lose. That seems to be what it is that we lose as we grow up. It seems to be the thing that we lose as we grow older. But it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, just think about this moment. Just think about, about this very first Christmas. These, these shepherds, they're grown men. And they were just out doing what, what they always did. They were out there in the middle of the night watching out for the sheep. Watching out for the wolves. It was the most ordinary of nights in the most ordinary of places with the most ordinary of people. But isn't that just when God loves to, to pull the extraordinary? We just gotta be tuned into it. We, we just gotta make room for it. Cause I wonder, I wonder how many of us, just like all of those people in Jerusalem, I wonder how many like, uh, of us, just like all of the, the rest of those people in Bethlehem, how many of us, just like that poor innkeeper that, that Luke rats out 2000 years ago, how many of us miss it? How many of us miss the, the miracle right in our midst? How many of us let that moment get overcrowded? We're overshadowed. How, how many of us miss it? How many of us miss that opportunity to, to watch God work, to, to let God happen? Getting, getting robbed of our opportunity, the, the wonder of the extraordinary in the process. And saying that, I was reminded of this, this story, this true story that uh, I read a couple of years ago. It's a true story of this legendary uh, robbery that happened up in New York City back in 2008. And it is legendary because the thieves got away with something like $2 billion. And, and I'm one of those, when you get to numbers that are that big, when you get to the billions, my mind has a hard time conceiving of that sort of cash. So just to kind of give us a frame of reference, $2 billion is the approximate value of the Empire State Building. They got away with $2 billion. And you know how I know it's the approximate value of the, two, the, of the Empire State Building? Because it was precisely the Empire State Building that got stolen. Seems that back in 2008, there was this, this gutsy group of ne'er-do-wells and they got together and they forged these fake bank documents and they transferred the title of the building. They transferred the title of the 102-story Art Deco masterpiece. They transferred the title of the Empire State Building to the Nellitz Holding Company. And as it, it would turn out, 
The whole thing ended up being a hoax. It was just a big old publicity stunt. Actually, the, the name Nellitz, the Nellitz Holding Company, Nellitz is actually the word stolen, just reversed. <laughs> Clever, right? And they returned the building the very next day. I mean, they literally stole it. I mean, they had it. Um, they, they stole it on a Monday. They returned it on a Tuesday. But my point is simply this. We too easily let ourselves get robbed, especially this time of year. We too easily let ourselves get robbed. We too easily let ourselves get robbed of, of the peace and the hope and the joy of this season, it's wonder. And the really sad thing is that most of the time, we're not just the victim, we're also the culprit. We're not just the victim, most of the time, we're the robber. We rob ourselves of the power of Christmas because because we we downplay the, the power of Christ. It doesn't have to be that way. We, we downplay the power of Christ, this one who still comes to, to be born in us. We got to tune in. But it also means that we got to tune out. We got to tune out everything else, everything else that wants to get in the way. We got to tune out everything else that wants to come in and, and, and take Jesus' place. All the, all the busyness, all the, the bitterness all that, that looming fear. I mean, it's no accident that this angel here, that this angel's first words, it's no accident that this angel's first words were fear not. But it's also no accident that this angel's second words were of good news and great joy. There is so much fear in our world these days and in our homes and in our hearts. I mean, not much has changed. Not much has changed in the two millennia that separate us from these shepherd's fields right here. There's still violence and uncertainty and sickness and shame. The darkness, certainly the darkness still exists. It hasn't changed. But again, again, friends, neither has the light. So fear not. Tune it out. Do not be afraid for born unto us in the city of David is a savior who is Christ the Lord. It's the only place in the whole Bible of all the thousands of verses. It is the only verse where that promise is made. It is the only place in the whole Bible where those three words, savior, Christ, and Lord are all found together. It's the only place. And it means to say that this little child, this, this child is God's promise. This child is God's answer. It means to say that this little child is God's answer to our biggest fears. Wrapped in swaddling in a borrowed stable, he would rise from, swallow, from swaddling in a borrowed tomb. And he would rise to defeat sin and death and shame and fear once and for all. This little child is God's answer. He's God's answer to our greatest need, redemption and hope and love and peace and mercy and grace and joy, joy. I mean, you wanna talk about joy? You wanna talk about joy that's bigger than the 180 square feet of red shimmering joy that we've got glowing out there on 1709? 
You want to talk about joy? It's right here. But it only comes, it only comes as we will tune out and as we will tune in. Because friends, that's the only way that we will ever turn up. We gotta turn up. The, the heavens, you see, the heavens broke forth, the heavens erupted in angelic song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace. And I, I don't know about you, but I could certainly use a little extra peace in my life. I could certainly use a little extra peace in our world. In fact, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was praying in, in, in a moment of unbridled, unvarnished honesty. I just blurted out and I said, God, God, with everything that's going on in our world, why aren't you doing something? And almost immediately I felt God's reply. I felt, I felt it deep in my gut and it stung, it, it hurt. Because almost immediately I, I felt God say, Todd, with everything that's going on in our world, why aren't you doing something? You see this news, this, this glorious good news, it demands a response. We gotta do something. The shepherds showed up, they, they turned up. They just left everything behind. They left those sheep to go astray. they left everything behind and they made their way to their savior's side. These dirty outside nobodies, they left it all behind and they came to Jesus' side. And you know what? They became the very first church in doing it. And I never noticed it before this week, but you know what else? They did it all on their own. Could you see it? The, the angels didn't ask him to do it. The angels didn't tell him to do it. The angels didn't say, go on a journey. No, they just did it. They, they made their minds up and then they showed up. They turned up. There was no way they couldn't not respond. And friends, neither can we. Because this is the way, this is the only way that we will discover. It's the only way that we will rediscover the joy and the power of a truly wonderful, wonder-filled, Christ-centered Christmas. As we pray. Lord, um, this morning we come to you humbly, as humble as shepherds, Lord, and we kneel and we bow in reverence and awe. And God, we ask for that sense of wonder. Lord, we ask for that childlike sense of wonder that only comes with, with a childlike sense of faith. It's not a childish faith you ask of us. It's not weak or immature, but childlike God, simple and pure and exciting. A faith that dreams big things, that dares big things. Lord, we pray that this morning. Because we're tired, we're tired of the exhaustion, the busyness and the bitterness. God, help us to tune all that stuff out and instead to tune in, to tune into you, to to what you are still saying, to tune into the angel song that still blares. God, come to us and, and fill us. Go on this journey with us, Lord, by the star that still shines, Lord, by, Lord, by even the moon that the beavers know. God, 
be real in us. Guide us and lead us, light the way before us because the darkness is so scary. But help us to hear your angelic news still, fear not. Lord, we can only do that with you. And so we ask you to come into this time. We ask you to come into this Christmas, Lord. Be with us and guide us. Change us and use us, Lord. Use us all and only for the glory of your name. Because it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.